welcome to Three Cops Talk. On this podcast, three active duty police officers discuss behind the scenes stories and real life accounts of what it's like to be a cop. Every episode, you'll get an inside look at the challenges and dangers they face on a daily basis, as well as the triumphs and inspirational moments that make it all worth it. If you want to understand more about the men and women who put their lives on the line for us every day, then this is the show for you. And now your hosts, Chris, Scott, and Sean. Welcome back to part two of our conversation with speaker, author, and founding executive director of Solutions of North Texas, Scott Weisenbaker. If you have any ideas or feedback for the show, please reach out to us at 3CopsTalk at gmail.com. That's the number 3CopsTalk at gmail.com. And please remember that the views and opinions expressed in this episode belong solely to your hosts and our guests. They do not represent the views of any professional organization. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, Scott, if you can, please tell our listeners about some of the unique principles of this philosophy that you have about these entities working together that traditionally don't. Well, and so I believe that there's this whole equation that works for us. It's enforcement, because we have to have enforcement. You just can't let people run crazy, driving around, smashing into things, drunk or high, and slinging dope all over the street. So we have to have enforcement. But enforcement alone doesn't work. So we have to have opportunity And with that opportunity is relationships between law enforcement and people like me and other entities that can create a path help for them if they want to walk through that door. And then the third part is leverage. Enforcement plus opportunity plus leverage equals a solution because the leverage is their attorney saying, hey, you need to complete this course. I don't care if you build out before you finish it. You need to go online and finish this course. And you need to take that certificate into the court. And and so when when a judge is saying or the, the DA is saying, if you want this deal, you're going to complete this 12-week course. If the, the defense attorney is saying, buddy, you finished this course, then there's the leverage to get through it. And I don't care why they're forced into it. Nobody goes to treatment because everything's good. And they go, <laughs> you know what? I may have done too much heroin the other day. I think I better go to treatment. <laughs> we go and we burn it all down. We piss everybody off, we burn down a structure, and we are forced into a situation. But what we've always had is you arrest us, door swings open, we go out and do it again. You arrest us, door swings open, eventually. We get out and we right. do it again. But in our country, 80% of all arrests are somehow driven by drugs and alcohol or you know the, the crimes of right. peripheral crimes. They're doing this to get that. Well, I'm sure. It's the nexus. So, and then you look at our county jails, 90% of the men and women in our county jails are coming back home. Whether they get time served, they get on probation, the cases dismissed, whatever, 90% of them are coming home. Only 10% are going to the penitentiaries. And the states put all their eggs in a penitentiary basket on 10% of the people who ain't coming home real soon. Whereas 90% of the people are returned back to the community no better off than the day they were arrested. So. When, when the shutdown came and everything got turned off, well, we stayed open. The state of Texas called me and said, you're a treatment center. You're not allowed to shut down. You have to stay open. And if you decide to close, you better let us know why you're doing that and for how long. 
So we were prepared and, you know, that first round was crazy. It was weird coming to work. All other, it was like one of those apocalyptic movies. Nobody driving around. It was freaky. We had to have these little cars that says, I'm essential services. (laughs) (laughs) You had to carry an ID card that said you were essential services, but you had to make it. So it's like, (laughs) (laughs) you can drink if you make a fake ID. (laughs) It's, you know, we did that and, and, you know, that first round, we didn't have a single person. We we're all ready for it, and it didn't happen. And we're like, huh, maybe somehow meth uh, diminishes COVID. I don't know. <laughs> the third and fourth round, we got part of yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the president said sunlight and bleach. Maybe it's meth and weed. I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> nobody. And we thought our population would get hit the hardest. But, you know, yeah. the second and third and fourth rounds, yeah, they started getting it. But that first one, that was freaky. But what happened was we were pulled out of the jail. And I had become really good friends with Captain Davis. And we have been talking for years about how do we take the collaboration that we have and share it in other communities? Like show people how to do it. Because, you know, you have every county has CPS. They have a jail. They have the police and the sheriff's department. They have the court and the whole legal structure. They've got the the religious bodies, the the all the different churches. They have the nonprofit community. They have business leaders. They have people who need to hire people. And so you have all these other entities that all play a role in this. Because when somebody comes out of jail, if they're going to avoid this, not only do they have to have a strong recovery program, but they have to stand on their own two feet and live within their means. Otherwise, their life will go constantly into chaos. And if we're in constant chaos, that's when we're going to reach for that that coping mechanism that still works. So we, we have this constant chaos and our life falls apart. So we all need jobs. So the employers, everybody's important, but sharing this so that people have a chance while they get to the point, which is the the magic answer again, is when somebody says, if you don't help me, I'm going to kill myself. You've got five minutes to explain to me why I shouldn't end it right now. And I've had this conversation with a number of people. There's usually a weapon in a room. They're not threatening me with it. Or there's an open bottle of pills, which seem to make you guys more nervous than anything else. The open bottle of pills, well, what if they grab them? And I'm like, I'm going to jab my finger down their throat and they're going to puke. And they're like, you're allowed to do that. We are not. (laughs) Right, right. Understand that. And, and of course, y'all don't like the weapons, but they're not. The the only time somebody ever made me nervous with a weapon was when they said that I had five minutes and they had their pistol and they were like hitting their self on the knee with it. I'm like, stop it. You're going to shoot yourself in the knee or accidentally me. So just set it down over there. And, and, but when somebody says, you got five minutes, this is when we're on and we're uniquely qualified to look at them and go, let me tell you something. I remember the first time I felt that way for years, my prayer was this, God, if you're real, just kill me tonight. I can't take this. And they immediately connect and they're like, yes. How come you don't want to die? Well, because I figured out how to stop doing dope, and I'm actually happy about it. Hell, I'm looking forward to going to work tomorrow. Those are magic words. And at that moment, they do not want to die. And and they go, can you help me? Well, of course I can. The only way I get to have that conversation with the men and women who need it the most is to have access to our jails. The only way I have access to our jails is to put down my own fears and reach out and start getting to know people 
and and then I start seeing things from their perspective just as get a chance of getting to know them. But we're all friends now. In fact, many of them have called me and said, so my my uh, kid brother's kid, they're, they're a good kid, but they're messed up in this stuff. And they're like, can you go help them? And I'm like, of course I can. So I've been involved in doing an intervention on some level for people in our community from from all different walks of life because it affects all of us oh, yeah. and it takes all of us. Um, in right. my facility, I have put over 16,000 men and women back to work since 2006, just in my little facility teaching them. The job's not going to save you, but you do have to have a job to pay your bills. And right. Right. there is a man who owns four quick cars here in the city of Denton, and he has probably hired 400 of my men and women over the years. Because he found them to be far better candidates for employment than the college kids. Because we're in a college town. we got two universities. And hmm. they're just, they are showing up because they have to have a job. And, and right. so there's a lot of accountability and a lot of things that have to be taught to them. But this is all part of us working together. Now, when everything got shut down and taken away... And we suddenly couldn't get into the jail and the court stopped moving. So people were sitting in jail for a year or two, just waiting for a simple court proceeding to happen. And there was no way to have access to them. I went into the studio and I took a 12 week program that I've been doing and put it all on video, recorded 61 hour lessons, just the recording and the editing. Oh my God, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of recording and editing. Right. And then put taking this whole curriculum of about 600 pages to go with it. And we realized we can beam this into there because just like this interview, the whole world has changed and we're doing things through remote. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, right. and so we thought, you know, if we can beam this down the street to our jail, we can beam it a little further down the street to the next County. In fact, we can beam it all the way across the country. So right. we went and spoke to the National Sheriff's Association and told them about what we were doing because they have this whole movement called Ignite. Are you all familiar with Ignite? Mm. Well, I'll tell you about sure. just a second. But we told them about what we were doing, and they decided that they wanted to partner with us as a part of Ignite. Now, Ignite started when Sheriff Swanson from Genesee County, which is Flint, Michigan, where everybody's pissed off because it's cold. There's no jobs right. in the water. Right, right, yeah. And he had a pretty violent. <laughs> you know, guys from Flint. He we had a lot of guys uh, from Flint. Yeah. 378 uh, instances of violence inside of his jail, and then after all the riots happened in 2020, when the guy died in the Walmart parking lot, and everybody started rioting everywhere, and they were planning the riot right there in Flint. And they were going to march from the Walmart parking lot to the police station and have a demonstration, which all across this country, you guys know, it turned violent. It turned ugly. Right. People were killed. Yep. Properties were ruined. So Sheriff Swanson goes down to the crowd and goes, what is it that you guys need from us? And they're like, what? And he goes, tell me what it is you need from us. And so he marched with them. They took off their riot gear, which was he will tell you was not a good tactical move, <laughs> but they walked with them in two days into all the demonstrations in Flint. They didn't have a single arrest, injury or fire. And, huh. and they said, we need hope and we don't have any. And the jail is just a problem. 
So he went into his jail and started putting in classes. You can do barber school, electrical school, depending on how long you're going to be there, they've got different tracks. But when he started these classes, the incidence of violence dropped by 97%. So from 378 down to Hmm. seven in one year. And the National Sheriff's Association, he contacted them because other sheriffs were calling him going, they wanted to learn how to do this, but look, I'm busy sheriffing. I don't have time to go around the country and show everybody how to do this. I need you guys to take this on. So they did, and they call it Ignite. And and now we're going we're going together out to Bonneville County, Idaho, uh, next month to and and I'll be launching my jail program in there. Just today, there's a local county here in Texas, about an hour drive from where I'm at. And it's not a big county. It's Grayson County. But we went into this county jail today. They've been watching this program for about a month. And we walked in there to do the program live with them today, of course, letting them know, hey, we want to do this. And they're like, we think that's a great idea. And you would have thought the Beatles showed up somewhere. (laughs) It was absolutely amazing. In fact, we turned down the hallway when, when you have you know, a production and you've got intro music and outro music and, and the background music the whole time, you got to pay a lot of money or use the cheesy, really bad stuff that's free <laughs> right. or do it yourself. Right. So I'm like, well, I record music all the time. We're just going to put some music in there. So I did. There and you we were walking down. There's, there's this, every episode ends with this, this, uh, this one chorus where the vocals, they say, um, guilty by the reason of insanity. And it says it over and over because I'm like, it's a perfect fit because our addiction makes us make insane decisions. And, you know, and we're all here in the jail. So it was, we walked down the hallway to where they were doing the women's class this morning. And I heard the music come on. I'm like, oh, okay, the video's over. All of a sudden, I hear all of them singing our song. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. that's crazy. That's crazy. And hey, we walk yeah. in there, and they're like dancing you know, in place. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And I'm like, they sing? And the, the guard said, that's their jam now. So yeah, right. wow. they're like, that's we don't know what the rest of the song is, but we know the chorus, you know so they part. sing it all the time. <laughs> and and so I got to do that with Jeff, uh, Captain Davis, and then there's a guy who works for me as a retired lieutenant named Troy Evanson. And, and the three of us went in there, and it was the coolest thing in the world because the way this program works is they watch a one-hour pre-recorded lesson. Then there's a live conversation that happens that we can either do remotely just like we're doing this or we can train one of their people to do it because they don't have to be an addiction expert. They have to just be able to facilitate the conversation and make sure everybody is, is you know, taking part. And what we're finding out is they all want us to do it. Now we've got several guards going, how do I become one of those facilitators? <laughs> right. Because I want to do that yeah. because there's an right. immediate impact on the staff. In just a awesome. month, the staff... They're, they're excited about what's happening. They're wanting to trade shifts so they can sit in on more shifts for this deal because we have different demographics in a room that in jail do not mix. They don't talk to each other. They're sitting in a room sharing stuff with one another in a conversation because it's me teaching most of the lessons. By now, you figured out I'm pretty much I'm unapologetically blunt. I try not to be too aggressive or offensive, but I'm who I am. 
and I'm going to tell it to them exactly how it needs to be said. So I use a lot of the terminology they're going to use. You know, there's a music in the background. We're like, hey, what's going on today, man? And it's 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 a lot of fun to put it together and to do it. But they're responding just like we knew they would. And to walk in there into a county that and we're in different counties, but this county's never had any program. And to watch the change in their staff and those men and women that have hope for the first time, because what's been missing is they knew as they were leaving that they were going to come back. Because what they always told us was, hey, don't do more. Don't do any more drugs. And we're like, yeah, I mean, OK, <laughs> yeah, sure. We're reoffending. Thank you, counselor. <laughs> we're out. Yeah. I mean. But the bad thing is, whether you walked out of treatment or you walked out of jail, it was essentially the same thing. The accommodations, hopefully, are a lot different. But that door swings open. You go outside. The unpaid bills, the pissed-off relationship, the job that's probably not there anymore, the the just all the nonsense that right. rushes it at once. When we're sitting in jail, we got no responsibilities. Feeding right. us, we get to do everything. We're like, yeah, we hate this, and it sucks. Okay, but but then we go outside, and we don't know how to to just it's this immediate rush of responsibility and everything we haven't done staring us in the face. So you've definitely uh, you've definitely taken a new approach to it and think outside of the box, and it's right. You've you've had a lot of great ideas that obviously seem to be paying off, which is cool. Yeah, and I like the the fact of just you know collaborating and and working with the police instead of against the police. I, I think that says a lot of, um, you know, about conquering fear number one for a positive outcome in something. I mean, because I mean, let's face it, we don't really you know in our younger careers we didn't know. I didn't want to go out and talk to a guy who was on you know, strung out on dope. I just didn't want to do it. Well. Now you get a little older. Now you take that couple of minutes to go talk to him because maybe there's something you could help him or her with that will stop crime in your community. Well, and what if that person that's been a pain in your ass all along suddenly gets well and now all of a sudden in your town, you've got a resource. It's like, you know what? I don't get why you're doing what you're doing, but I, but let me take you over here to see so-and-so because I personally arrested him a bunch of times. This guy's an idiot. But <laughs> for some reason, about a year ago, things changed. Like, and yeah. he might be able to help you. Just like the what I told you all about the magic answer, what you tell somebody when they're ready to, to end it all. Now you can go, look, I don't understand it, but I know people who felt the same way who said, God, if you're real, please kill me. And they're like, right. But they're happy. Well, how does that happen? I don't know, but I can put you in touch with them if you want. Right. And, and, but right. I mean, today we, we, we're going to go, <laughs> there's just, there's so many different ways that we can help. I'll tell you, I, I've, I've got this program that goes into the jails, but also I thought all the city jails and all the officers, they need help. Now the Denton officers, they have a car, they, they can tell people to call me. Well, that's not going to work for somebody in Nebraska or somewhere else. So right. we, we made a, a video, there's a lot of information and it's free. In fact, I got all these cards. I try to get them in as much gels as possible. I guess I probably need to mail some of them to y'all. But basically, it's just a card that says, where's my camera? Never come back to jail. And then there's a little QR code on the front. It's just an informational video. It's about an hour and 20 minutes long. It's 
for the person who's the offender as well as their family. Here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. And it breaks down what addiction is. It tells you how to get over it. Then it shows you how to find mm -hmm. resources in your community, no matter where in the country you're at. So we're just trying to get those pumped out that's anywhere great. we can because that that, that's a resource that it's all that's already recorded. It doesn't cost me anything for a million people to watch that video. Just right. Watch it. If you need more help, then look, here's where you find it. If I'm an appropriate fit for you and you want me to do some more work, that's great. But it doesn't have to be, you know, it's not a hour and 20 minute infomercial for, and right. if you do my 12 week <laughs> study, then right. we can, you know, it's, it, right. look, I think it's the greatest treatment program out there because I, I think it's, I just do. No. I, I believe it. I, I've never heard anything like it. Never no, heard because anything I, like it. No, I never have. And I just got finished reading a book, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, because yep. it, it was mentioned to me. Uh, this, no, I don't have a problem, but um, it was mentioned to me that it was a good book for business. And I was reading it, and I'm like, as I'm going through this, I mean, it had some good information on it. But now talking to you, I'm like, who's going to pick that book up? And say, hey, I think I'm going to get help, so I'm going to read this book. No, they want to look at a video, and they want instant. I think it's the instant gratification is like, holy cow, there is help. You don't have to listen to a bunch of words. You see something on video. You see and you hear people like, I'm going to go talk to Scott or whomever or one of his team. I think that's a tremendous I think that's a tremendous way to, to, well, to, to get. And to that get to these. book is responsible for over 200 different 12-step programs. So we're all a student of that book. But you're right. And, and that book teaches you how to get sober. And it tells you about how, you know, basically what we learn is there's only one thing we can truly control in this life. And that's how right. we react to, we react to what's to, happening. To whatever, right. And right. other than that, everything else, we can try to control the outcome. We can try to manipulate it. But the only thing we can control is our own actions. And right. so, but what right. I think, what I thought was funny is that, the, that you know, you're trying to help, you know, you they wrote this book to help people. And then, you know, you're going to have somebody who's strung out on dope or alcohol. Actually, oh, I'm going to get a, you know, a 400 page book or a 268 page book. And say, no, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It takes, you know, people like yourself to be, in, you know, you have to show them through it. Out an easier way. Yeah. yeah. You have to take them through it. So that's, uh, that's kind of what, how we got to where, I mean, and I took some of my thoughts and wrote them down and, and started, you know, I, I put out a book a couple of several years ago. I'm an Amazon result. Now, you know, I got a, I got a, yeah. that too, that too. <laughs> yeah. I've got, there's a book called how to get your kid off drugs. And I put that out several years ago because what I found out is the families are usually my number one problem. Um, they're in my way. Oh, yeah. They don't yeah. know what to do. Right. They think oh, they know sure. what to do. But this is not like, hey, I'm going to drop off my trucks and get a new set of brakes. So I'm good for 100000 Right. Drop my daughter right. off for 30 days of treatment and she's good. Right. No, you have to. Yeah, right. It's a continuing, go ongoing other, process. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. You you went to treatment. You should be fixed. That's what right. people say. Like right. it's like a one-time deal. Or right. they believe yeah. they know how to do it themselves. Right. And I'm like, would you give your daughter a knee replacement? And it's like, well, no, that's I don't know how to do that. Right. I'm like, well, that and that, and I think the one thing a lot of people don't understand that I read out of this book is the the daily struggle. Like for us, you're like, oh, man, it's just been a bad day, oh, whatever. Where because you know that's how we cope with it. But when you have somebody addicted, it's like that's what they're looking for. When they have a bad day, that's how they cope. They don't go out for a run or they don't just stay mad and blow off steam or whatever. They look for the stuff. And as you know, a lot of people go, well, yeah, you've been through the program for 30 days, so you don't need that anymore. So right. you should be fixed. So where, you know, 
people who are, you know, with the people who, who, who are affected by addiction, you know, they have to learn how, how, to, how to help also. Well, if, if just getting us cleaned up for 30 days was enough, then everybody who went to jail for 30 days would come out cured. <laughs> right. And right. 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 I'm ready to right. take on the world. Right. Yeah. Right. I think right. we all have to learn it's a lifetime struggle, you know? I really do. I just think it, it goes beyond your 30 days because, you know, like you said, you go to prison, you, you know, you, you, you know, some people get clean because they don't know really how to work the game and get dope, you know, but then they come out and they're like, well, I'm going to start all over again. Because we don't know why that ticks, we, or we have to help them so they don't get that, to, you know, to that, to that, to that level where they where they feel they need to cope. Well, Scott, I think you've done a great job. I mean, I, this is like one where I was like, man, we're just rolling and listening. <laughs> this is this is good stuff. I mean, obviously, you know how to talk to people, so this is great. I really appreciate you taking the time. I mean, you're you're talking to people for all the marbles, and if you can get the law enforcement community engaged. Slow on burn. this level <laughs> yeah, yeah right burn. exactly right, right. It, it, but but still like uh, things that are instantaneous and they go with the quick fix never usually works yeah. i mean like you talked about it with narcotics and here's a drug to fix this or fix that like you said the idea is the slow burn like now if people want to get a hold of you to talk about uh you know talk with you about some of these things that they can get them going maybe locally what's the best way for people to get a hold of you i would say my email address is probably the best way to get a hold of me um I travel so much now and I'm in court or the jails so often that, you know, it's hard for me to be nailed down to my office line, but my right. email travels with me. So that would be uh, Scott at S O N T X dot org. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Douglas, Texas, as they say, <laughs> right? So thank you, everybody, for listening. Please go. Um, we're going to get this up on, on the show notes. Uh, please go there. Uh, hit the QR code. If you have anybody that you know that needs help or any police departments that uh, want to implement this program, I think this is awesome, or whomever, um, please go to the show notes at 3 or email us or Scott Direct. We're 3 at gmail.com. Uh, please get this out to people. And uh, I think this is uh, listening to the story and, and Scott's story. I think this could be a tremendous help for us, for our world and for our society. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a Thank great you. and blessed day. Thank you. Um,